What's going on, guys? It is Thursday, November 8th. Once again, you're listening to the Fantasy Process Report. Uh, split once again between Philadelphia and Miami. It's, it's typical. Even though we're entering this is Philadelphia based. Yeah, we're all Philly. Yeah. We have the Miami connection. <laughs> yeah. The Southern flavor. Matt, Nick, well. and Jason, uh, as always. Uh, we, we still need, we need guests, is what we need. We do. We gotta work on that. We need guests. We had Kevin the one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we we can get people in advance now that we're kind of on a little bit more consistent. We are coming to you a little bit later in the week this week. Um, That's, that is my car's fault. Um, yeah, you had some technical difficulties. Mechanical. When you drive a 2001 Honda Civic, it, it tends to break. It's like Dak Prescott. <laughs> I, I can't tell whether he said that or not, but... <laughs> There was a quote going around that Dak Prescott said, or Dak, or Des Bryant said that going from Dak Prescott to Drew Brees is like going from a 2004 Civic to a 2019 Ferrari. Yeah. I don't That's disagree. Rough. Yeah, I mean, I don't either. <laughs> I, I will say, um, before we go any further, I wanted just to apologize because I was listening to last week's episode and... There was a little bit of a uh, technical difficulty there. I think at one point midway through the episode, the audio sync got messed up. So we should probably just take that episode down, maybe, or just leave up the messed up one. I don't know, but hopefully we get this one right for you. But um, just going back to uh, Michael Irvin, he ah! he, he kind of, uh, I think we touched on how crazy he went in the last episode about the... Uh, Oh no, that was that was just this past Monday. Yeah, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Yeah, so I don't know <laughs> if any of you people saw Michael Irving <clears throat> on first take, but well, we have to back it up a little bit. So first take, yes, was bad. You have to back it up the week before that. Week before the end of free agency, Michael Irving made the statement on NFL Network that the Dallas Cowboys were one wide receiver away from being Super Bowl contenders. Word for word, that's what he said. They are one. Wide receiver away from Super Bowl contenders. Flash forward before week, or after they cut Des. This was this, this was only like two, a yeah, week two and weeks half. ago. Yeah, yeah, a week and a half ago. Mm. Flash forward a week, and they have Amari Cooper, and he goes on first take. Nick, back to what you were saying. So, I was just flipping through the channels and happened to see him appear on first take, and <laughs> I kind of saw immediately that the man was just sweating bullets. And so before hearing anything he said, I was like, I'm watching this. I got to watch this. And I'm pretty sure he's back on cocaine. He's 100%. And the things he was saying, he was talking about how the Cowboys were going to, by this like this season, they're 3-5 they're and five right now. He was talking about how they're going to retake the throne as kings. Well, my favorite thing is he's he's on there. His main point of argument or argument is that he's just yelling at Max Kellerman and Stephen A. because they bash the Cowboys all the time. And as a Steelers fan, you know, they've got the Super Bowl argument with the Cowboys. And then a Giants fan in Max Kellerman, they've got the NFC East. So neither of them like the Cowboys, obviously. Um, but <laughs> Mike Larvin comes on there and just goes on a wild rampage and just starts berating them for just disowning the Cowboys and his main point was that Dak Prescott had the best rookie season ever. Yes. He he put a lot of emphasis on that point that Dak Prescott had the best rookie season ever. 
Um, Wait, are you saying Stephen A. Smith doesn't go on rampages every day? Well, regardless no. of what Stephen A. says. <laughs> yeah. Michael Irvin was very... Best rookie season ever. Remind me, was his rookie season three years ago? Did he win rookie of the year that year? No, I don't think so. So I don't think he even had he, the best... He did. Oh, uh, did he? He got rookie yeah, of the year did. and he got MVP. <laughs> How does that even make sense, though? <laughs> It, it really doesn't. If the MVP is a rookie, shouldn't then, you know, via the transitive uh, property? <laughs> via the transitive property. You can't even say he had the best rookie of the year, like rookie year of all time. Like, even two years before that, I would say three rookie quarterbacks had better years than he did with Russell Wilson, RG3, and Andrew Luck. James Conner's having a better rookie year right now. <laughs> not this isn't his rookie year, though. Not, but, but this is a, James Conner's um, rookie year. No, he, he was, no, on, he was the on the team last, last year. year. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, a like, he's, yeah. he's a yeah. Ben Simmons rookie. He's a Ben Simmons rookie. He's a Philadelphia 76 <laughs> Yeah, I would say RG3 had the best, at least that I can remember, best rookie year I've ever seen. I don't even know, but I'm just saying that that is a, a completely irrelevant point. Like, <laughs> we're not talking about two years ago. We're talking about now. <laughs> he, if you true, look at true. his stats over his last, what is it, 16, 17 games... There are EJ Manuel has better stats than him. Kevin Cobb has better stats than him. Like, look at the last 16 games that these quarterbacks have played. Dak Prescott's stats are complete garbage. Oh, I can't, I can't tell if you guys can tell, uh, but it's Dallas Hate Week. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't he on the Sunday night crew? Oh, Sunday night. So I he am. will be in Philadelphia, right? Michael Irvin? Michael Irvin? No, he's not on Sunday. Oh, he's on the NFL. Thursday, NFL Network. Ah, okay. Sunday That's a night, shame. I would have loved for him to be in Philadelphia. Well, they actually had him on the Eagles game for that London Jaguars experiment. Mm. But oh, yeah. Because the they had everybody crew, in the booth. Yeah, that was garbage. That was so bad. Yeah, but... but anyway. <laughs> he's probably in hiding after that last performance from the Cowboys, though. And he, after his, his rant... He's not in hiding. He was back on first take this week when Stephen A. came out wearing his accident waiting to happen shirt. Yeah, that was Monday. That was before the Monday night game. That was the same day that he was there. Um, I did like Stephen A.'s list of things he hates about the Cowboys, <laughs> or, or things that that things that Cowboys are wrong need with, to change, yeah. things that are wrong with it, <laughs> and included Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones. The Cowboys fans. The fans were number one. The fans were number one. <laughs> the America's team was number two. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was number three. Obviously. Oh, I love the it. The main thing's wrong with them. The jumbo drawn that it occasionally gets hit by a punt. Yes. Well, yeah. But either way. Um, so back to the night. It is Thursday night. It is so. Thursday night. So Thursday night football is actually occurring right now. And if you look, um, if you're currently watching... I hope you bet the over. Fox is is doing one of those fake broadcast infomercial things about Tide and Tide Pods. So... Don't eat them. Piss off, Joe Buck. <laughs> anyway. I am I am not a fan of Joe Buck. No, we know that. Uh, I am, this week, a fan of Troy Aikman, even though it's Dallas week, because of what he said about the Cowboys. Did you see what he said about the Cowboys? I think so. What remind Troy me? Troy Aikman completely put the Cowboys on blast. Said the Cowboys need a top to bottom rebuild. And what he he specifically said he goes look over the last five head coaches. 
they have two playoff wins in 23 years. They have this and this. They have no Super Bowls. He goes, it's not a coaching issue. We're going through coaches. It is a front office issue. He's taking subtle shots at Jerry Jones. Yeah. I think anybody who knows anything about football knows that Jerry Jones is the problem. Oh, he is the problem, but Jerry Jones, I mean, they can't do anything about it. He owns the team that he <laughs> hired himself. Yeah. Well, I think the rest of the league is thankful for that. I'm very thankful, <laughs> and I can't wait for Sunday night. Yeah. Black Sunday, baby. I don't know how to root. Go Birds. Yes, you do. I mean, I have to root for the Cowboys. Just no, you don't. Yes, I do. You guys don't have a shot at the division anymore. I don't care but about just pride, really. I mean, I don't... Pride? You're going to root for the Cowboys? You're going to talk about pride? You're a Giants hey, fan. You don't have any pride. Oh! <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I do. What are you talking about? I've seen my team win twice. <laughs> David Tyree got lucky that a ball stuck to his helmet. Yeah. <laughs> it was Justin Timberlake's bubblegum. Hmm. Anyway. You guys remember that skit from the ESPYs? No. I think I Maybe do. Not. Okay. Um, Moving on. So, aside so from Thursday that, night right now, Steelers up 21-7. We've got some players in play. We do. Um, me and Nick play each other in fantasy football this week. Huggy, you promised a win last week. And I got one. And I got one. You got Two one. and seven, you baby. You got very lucky. Two and seven. We're going <laughs> places right now. I am not out of playoff contention yet. Yeah. Um, hope Marlon Mack does well for you now. I'm hype. <laughs> but yes, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely the beneficiary of that Antonio Brown trade. It didn't get vetoed. I thought it was going to get vetoed, and it never actually got vetoed. There was a lot I of hoopla. Think it, I don't think it should have. I got... Another top ten receiver and a running back for a top ten receiver. All I'm saying is, I, I don't think that should have gotten vetoed. No trades in the off season with picks between you two. I don't want to see. Do you want to read our text conversation? Mm, is that gonna say. is that gonna help you feel better about that I'm trade? Just saying. Nick thinks just that we're doing saying. shady side deals with this trade. There's nothing with it. Yeah, I wouldn't be a good commission if I wasn't keeping my eyes open. Regardless. Um. So hungry. We beat. In our game against each other, Hungy has both quarterbacks, and he decided to roll with Cam Newton um, instead of big, uh, big Ben. Not looking good yet. Yeah, I mean, it was to start, and then... It wasn't. Yeah, and then he threw the pick six, and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. Cam Newton never does well at the beginning of games. <laughs> he always does better in the second half. Um, but right now, the Steelers are up 21-7. to um, both quarterbacks, Cam Newton, twenty-yard pass to McCaffrey, Ben Roethlisberger, seventy-five-yard bomb on the first play to Juju Smith-Schuster, then the pick six, and then James Conner. So, so lots of points to, already. Just to show you guys what we're expecting for this week, uh, two of my starting wide receivers are both on bye: Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Um, so my projected total is one hundred and one, and Nick's projected total is. 124. Oh, don't sound so excited. <laughs> well, hopefully the Rams decide to rest girly this week. I just also want to remind everybody that I am 7-2 while Hungy is 2-7. and seven. So it would be quite the Cinderella story when I beat you. Mm. <laughs> right, see. Jason? 
Oh, I'm making a charge. I'm holding steady at five and four, just waiting for that day that Le'Veon's going to come back and just kick ass the rest of the way for me. <laughs> I well, let's see. Uh, I, 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 no, I this is a good transition. Right. <laughs> we gotta get into our player news. Yeah, um, I obviously, I, the big guy who we've talked about every single week, and everybody can't stop talking about is Le'Veon Bell, and he is still not playing tonight. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the latest news that we got in the past week is, is nothing. He tweeted, "Farewell, Miami." And that he's been spotted back in Pittsburgh. And yeah, someone's Snapchat down. video had him his. at a Pittsburgh LA Fitness. And uh, surprisingly, I read the report, and an ESPN rep reached out to the manager of the LA Fitness. And I can only imagine the manager of the LA Fitness getting a message from ESPN asking for his take on something and being like, why are you asking me? Did you read his upside-down tweets? Yeah, I mean, I think that they, <laughs> those weren't as cryptic as they <laughs> he made them out to be. It's very easy. I read it upside down. I didn't have to, like, flip it or anything. <laughs> but, yeah, he's pretty much just calling out the haters. Haters gonna hate. I'm doing what I'm doing for me, for my family, for my peers. And so it's just like, ah, I don't know. I understand. But he's going about it wrong. He is going about it wrong. But he's, he's hurting his own career. Nothing new. I'm just talking about the contingency where if he doesn't play this year, then his franchise tag... Doesn't count, Steelers, but it goes up. It goes up. So Steelers he's got a benefit for not playing at all this year. He can tra- he gets the the transition. It's still not as much guaranteed money as he wants, though. Right. Well, the, the he wants it for long term too. He wants a deal where he knows he's going to be making money for the next few years or the next five years probably. Yeah. Which I get running back here. Getting battered. It's a position. Yeah, but your time is also limited as a running back, and he just lost an entire year. Well, that's the thing, is that, like, he knows that, too. So if he gets injured in this one year where he's under a franchise tag, that he, you know, then he's going to be screwed. He's not injured if he don't play, though. Yeah. Well, that's why he's not playing. (laughs) Yeah, I guess his thought process, though, is he'd rather... He'd rather not make four like you could take the 14 and a half million dollars this year but then maybe you get injured halfway through and it's like a bad knee injury or maybe it's a recurring hamstring strain and then maybe your next contract the best you can get is three years 30 million whereas if he sits out the whole way he can still get a four-year you know whatever he's looking for 70 million dollar deal on paper so i think that's what his main concern is he would rather like he would rather sit out this year and forfeit that money and then have a guaranteed contract next year whereas if he did play this year he might have that injury that prevents him from getting his maximum value next year look at it in the eyes of a gm you look at every reaction from the steelers locker room about Le'Veon, and it's so negative coming out of this year if you're a gm you don't want to pay him that kind of money to have a scenario where you could put a negative influence in the locker room. You know what I would do if I'm a GM trying to give Le'Veon Bell a contract? I would give him a contract where there's much more money guaranteed at the front part of the contract as opposed to the back end. front load the contract. Yeah, but like front load the guaranteed money. So like maybe his first year guarantee 100% of it, you know? And then after that, kind of dwindle down so his final year, it's a very low base with a lot of incentives. So it kind of it, it um, encourages both Le'Veon Bell and the team to keep him, you know, active and good for a long time and healthy, more importantly. 
And Matt, to your Matt, to your point about you know GMs wanting to bring this guy aboard, given that he's had such a negative impact, I think it's really just isolated to this year. I don't think there really been any like negative reports or before teammates this year, not getting but... along with him before this year. Like even the past two years when the Steelers put the the franchise tag on him, he's right. Still, but the point the point like is it, he's he showing, up, but he's this showing year, selfishness. He knew this was the last time. He's. If I'm a if I'm a GM of a team, I want a guy who's going uh, to I think do people, what's best pe- for the team, not what's going to do is best for himself. Look at people that take pay cuts for the team. Those are the kind of players that I want on my team. I don't want a guy who's going to sit out because he's so selfish that he's not getting paid what he thinks he he deserves. Yeah, it's tough. It's I can I can see both yeah, sides. Yeah, it's hard to argue I, both sides. Yeah. I mean. There is that, and then there's from him, especially the running back position. You know, we always talk about the lifespan of a running back, and even guys as great as Maurice Jones-Drew, they hit 30 and they're done. And it's just, you know, for him, it it makes sense that he wants to maximize his value and maximize that long-term guaranteed deal so that even after he starts to decline, which I think he's aware he's going to, that he's still going to be getting the money he deserves that he hasn't been getting the past few years being on yeah. a rookie deal. And what's his um, uh So I think it's just it's it's a combination of the, like the the running back lifespan, the contract, the guaranteed money, you know, just being on that franchise one year limbo for the past like 3 or 4 years. What's his concussion history like too? Do either of you guys know? I don't know. I, uh, I'm not aware of anything, I don't think. Honestly, if you've had a few then yeah, he could be one or two away from having to retire, you know. I mean, you yeah, know. you you could even look at, I mean, his uh, Google his injury history, and even if a concussion isn't there on the official report, I would guarantee there's still double digits of unrecorded concussions yeah, exactly. that all these guys. And that's have. what I'm saying, is that there's probably unrecorded concussions that we don't know about, and that he could know that he's only, you know, one or two injuries away from being screwed and having his career be over. So he's mm-hmm. just trying to capitalize on himself while he's still in his prime. So well, we'll see how it goes. We've uh, talked about leaving on every episode so far. Let's, I think let's next week on. next week we'll have a little bit more insight because that will be the week that he needs to report by in order week for 11, right? this season to count. So hopefully we'll have some more definitive answers and maybe next week will be the last time we have to talk about him playing or not playing this year. Yeah. Um, but moving on from him, other big news that we have this week in the NFL. Des Bryant signing with the Saints. He's got a job. He's got a job, and Drew Brees has another wide receiver because... Because he I, needs one, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> he doesn't. That, that's so annoying. That's so annoying that he went to the Saints. The, the Rams got... Another guy on defense, Dante Fowler. Yeah. The Saints are getting another guy on offense. The rich just keep getting richer. I, which I, I mean, I get it from a, from a fan of a team who traded a fourth round pick for Jay Ajayi mid season last year. I get it. That was a hell of a but, deal. But, ugh, the Saints just don't need another receiver. Drew Brees does not need another receiver. So how's this going to affect the people in New Orleans? I think really the only person that's going to see really a change of usage is um, Michael Thomas. No, not really. I think he's still going to get his looks. Who was the number two guy? Uh, Trey I think Quan. Ben, Benjamin Watson, honestly. Jason, what's that wide receiver? Traquan something? Traquan, Traquan Smith? Smith. 
Yeah, yeah, I think he's still kind of a wide receiver three burner kind of thing. Yeah. I don't think he was ever super high on their depth chart anyway because yeah. I think that's he's dealing with Michael Thomas, he's dealing with Alvin Kamara, even Mark Ingram, and then Benjamin Watson, and then kind of him. So I think it's more Benjamin Watson where when they get into the red zone, that's Dez's bread and butter, man. He lives yeah. in the red zone, and he loves those jump balls. So Drew Brees is just going to feed him. I think, uh, yeah, the the secondary receivers in New Orleans are going to be where Des Bryant's catches come from uh, in terms of who's losing from them signing Des Bryant. So I think that he's going to go in there and he's going to be a number two wide receiver the rest of the year. I think uh, he's not not even close to being a number one wide receiver. No, not uh, number one. I think he's going to – I think he – will perform well and be a number two wide receiver. I think what you have to look at with Dez is you. I think the past couple seasons have been kind of underwhelming, but that goes back to the quarterback. If you look at his last deck, yeah, like if you look at his last full Tony Romo season, I think that might have been the maybe 2015 or 2016 when he had like 15 touchdowns. Like if you look at his last good passing quarterbacks season that he's had, it was Tony Romo and he was a baller those two or three years. I mean, he was unbelievable. It certainly wasn't Rain Dakota. <laughs> well, I, anyway. I, his name is Rain. That's Dak. Dak Prescott you're talking about? Oh, yeah. His name is Rain Dakota Prescott. <laughs> so while it's hard to <laughs> see him like becoming Dakota, like a fantasy stud Rain. again, given that he's joining a team midseason and he's having to learn a whole new playbook and having to get – comfortable with Sean Payton and Drew Brees and get comfortable with that offense. I don't think he becomes a wide receiver too immediately, but I think if this if this experiment goes well and he resigns with them, then next year obviously oh yeah, I'm I'm all aboard the Dez train next year. Yeah. Anyway, um so another player coming back. Uh we got news today that Rex Burkhead is practicing again. Is there a place for him at this point? Eligible to yeah, come back on December second. I, I think at this point it's it's Sony Michelle's game. Kenyon Barner. Well, you can get rid of Kenyon Barner, but is there a place for Rex Burkhead? I, I think that he might get some touches, so it affects James White and Sony Michelle to some extent. I don't know. Sony Michelle's been real impressive in the starting gig, and I think he's coming back this week from that knee injury. So it's pretty much just a Sony Michelle, James White, maybe three or four carries a game for Rex Burkhead. I mean, maybe like Rex ten percent of the, the snaps. Like, Smallwood for the New England Patriots. Yeah, well, I don't see much is, of a role for him. With um, Michelle and Burkhead coming back now, is James White going to kind of go back a little bit? Because he's been stellar all season long. I think James White's so kind of locked gonna, in. I think it's Belichick rolling his dice, saying this is the running back for this week. This is who we're going to give the ball to. I know that's how you feel, and you're wrong. You're wrong. Wrong. (laughs) You know what? I'm just going to cut the sleeves of my hoodie off and sit there and start mumbling. (laughs) What's his classic response to everything in a press conference? Like, we're just focused on Green Bay. We're We're just focused on Green Bay. We're just focused on whoever we're playing. But anyway, that's the uh, Patriots news there. And then one more injury. Well, we got a couple, couple more. more. Um, but Darren Sproles, hometown guy. Mm-hmm. We uh, we got Darren Sproles came back from injury. So it was announced Darren Sproles was going to play Sunday night. 
And then, and then it was announced that he was. Twenty four hours later, it was announced Doom Sprouls reactivated his injury and is not going to play Sunday <laughs> and might uh, be out for the rest of the year. Uh, this so poor guy. I I mean I really do feel for the guy. You know it it hurt last year not watching him be part of the team that won the Super Bowl because he is such a good person. It just, it really did hurt watching him be part of the team. So you really I really did root for him to come back this season. And, and, you know, have a shot at it. And he, it's just, it's an interesting injury carousel for him. Not in his stars. No. I, it's time for him to hang it up. I yeah. mean, it's just that simple. It's time for him to hang it up. Love you, Darren Sproles, but. It's just a shame he came all the way back from that brutal injury from last year. Well, the brutal couple of injuries on that one play. Yeah, I was going to say, but, he's had a few. Tore his but ACL yeah, and a, broke his wrist on the same play. Yeah, it was, well, that was Like, just, literally, tore his ACL and broke his arm on the same play. That's just almost impressive, but it's, it's well, just I mean, what do, what do you grab in pain? And, and do you grab your arm or do you grab your leg? I don't know which one to grab. <laughs> you just go limp. You just, like you just lay on the ground and flop like a fish. <laughs> that's like yep. one of those situations where you need one of those life alert uh, necklaces <laughs> where it's just like, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Mm. Makes sense. Speaking of broken arms, R.I.P. Raheem Mostert. Oh, yeah. Geez. Oh, God. If you haven't seen that injury, run. just Google Raheem Mostert and click videos. Yeah, he was just starting to come on, too. He was just starting to look like he could be a relevant guy. You he, know? Had, he had scored a touchdown. I think he had 12 or 14 fantasy points that game, and then his arm turned into jello. He, he had two good games in a row. And uh, then his season ended. Yep. Literally jello. You could watch his arm wiggle as it went limp. Ooh. So wait, you're saying it was like that scene in Harry Potter when uh, Hagrid accidentally turned his arm into a jelly bean? Yep. Yeah, except he was trying to break his fall with his arm, so he just it just crumpled. Yeah. Poor guy. But broken bone in your arm, that's not the worst injury. You'll come back from that. And well, it snapped in half. Yeah, I mean, in the moment it, it sucks, but he'll heal is my point. He'll be back next year. Next. Uh, Geronimo Allison, a little bit lower of an injury. It doesn't really play too much of a role, um, but he went on the IR, so he's out for the season. Um, that Peace. leaves. Yeah, uh, I think, honestly, the Packers' biggest troubles are the coach. They yeah, just, we know that. Oh my god, they're just so dry on offense. Like you can you can almost script out their series to a T. It's like they come up Is it because Rodgers is hurt? It's no, because or? I mean, yeah, Rodgers has been kind of less than 100%, but like you can just script out their series. Like they're so boring. They're going to trot out three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end and Rodgers and they're just going to be like all right, hike the ball and just see what happens. Like there's just no creativity. Nothing happens. I always like to think that, like, offenses are like a hand of cards where, like, you know, the best offense is, like, the Rams, for instance. Like, you have, like, your ace is the coach. Then you have a king, the Todd Gurley. You have a queen, the quarterback, whatever. Like, you have a really good hand. Like, maybe it's a, a full house or, or whatever the good hands in poker are. I don't really play them. But what the Packers are doing is it's like it's like a two, a nine, maybe a jack, and then Rodgers is just the joker, where, like, sometimes he'll win, sometimes he doesn't. Like, you, you just never know. Like, I have no idea what's going on with this team, and it's almost like when they win, they're winning in spite of the play calling because it's just they hike the ball, and Rodgers just makes such phenomenal throws that his receivers make catches, like they're winning jump balls, but everything is, like, tough. Like, there are no easy passes. I've rarely seen any passes where – 
they hike the ball and there's a guy wide open 20 yards downfield. Like that never happens. And the, all the best offenses can scheme their way into a couple of those every game. You know, the Rams have it happen all the time where something happens, there's some confusion at the line of scrimmage, maybe the receivers run some pick routes, and all of a sudden Brandon Cooks is wide open like 30 yards downfield. The Patriots do it all the time with their gadget plays. The Chiefs, you know, they like the Packers just have no creativity. There's nothing happening with that team. I'll tell you what, Jason, how about we do this? Your Green Bay Packers and my New York Giants, we switch our coaches and quarterbacks. How about that? Hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> no, you don't want Eli Manning and Pat Shermer. We'll take McCarthy. I, I don't. I don't want a, a maybe two more years at best of a <laughs> subpar Eli Manning. <laughs> I mean, you said you don't like Rodgers, right? No. <laughs> Rodgers is. I'll put it this way: Rodgers is so amazing and so unbelievable that if we had even an above-average quarterback, they might be like one in six at this point, oh. or one in seven, whatever. However, however many games they played. Like, they're just – like, Rodgers single-handedly won the Bears game. And all the other games that they've been in, I think the Bills is the only one that, like, anyone could have won because they shut him out, like, 23 to nothing. But even that, you could say the offense should have played better because they only scored, like, 21 or 23 points against the Bills. Like, there's just right. – there's so many times where they just have these just uninspiring drives where it's just like, oh, a pass and oh, it was broken up because the receiver didn't get any separation because the play calling just didn't get him open. Yeah, well, back to the point. Geronimo mm-hmm. Allison's hurt. Uh, Devontae Adams is still going to be the guy there in Green Bay. I think uh, Valdez Scantling is the one who is going to step up and be the one who is catching the balls that Allison was catching. Uh, oh, yeah, th- Valdez Scantling, balls. I like him a lot. He about caught three balls last week for over 100 yards, slightly over, and had a touchdown. So I think that. He's been uh, improving a lot, too, over the course of his career. Uh, he'll start getting more story, catches. Quick story, actually. So he, uh, Valdez Scantling, went to NC State when I was there uh, working for the football team, and he was on that receiving core that was not too great when we were when I was there. He was, a wolf, was, he was one, in the Wolfpack? Yeah, he was there for the first that. three years, and then he transferred to South Florida. I think uh, it's come back closer to home or something. But anyway, so there was one particular game against an ACC opponent kind of midway through the season where the Wolfpack receivers just had their worst, like, catching game I've ever seen. I mean, there might have been double-digit drops on all of the receivers. Like, the quarterback was making good throws. The receivers were just – it was hitting their hands and just dropping. Um, so as, as one of the staff, we would get out to the practice field probably 30 minutes before the players got there just to set up and make sure we were good by the time they got there. And so we would usually set up a little early and then grab a football and toss around on the field while the players were kind of making their way up there. And so the Monday after the terrible dropping game of all the receivers, we get up there 30 minutes before the practice, just like usual, and there are the receivers standing 15 yards out from a jugs machine with one receiver coach pumping balls in there, firing it like 70 miles an hour, (laughs) uh, 15 yards out, and another receiving coach standing right behind the receivers with a broom and a a boxing glove duct taped to the end of the broom, just whacking them in the back as the ball is coming in at 70 miles an hour. Um, hey, whatever so yeah, it takes, he used man. To have, yeah, he used to have a problem. Like, uh, I mean, I remember watching him. Like, he was a good receiver. You could easily see the NFL talent. Like, he just couldn't catch the ball. So it's amazing to see how far he's come. When I mean, just like I was saying, the Packers, none of their receivers are open on any of the plays. They're just winning jump balls. Rodgers is making great throws into tight windows. And Valdez Scantling is doing just that. He's winning jump balls, and he's winning his matchup against the cornerback. So I like him a lot in this uh, this next couple of weeks with Allison being out. God forbid the Packers have one mediocre season. 
<laughs> you could have two really, that. really bad seasons in a row, like the Giants. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no. We went from four and twelve to seven and nine two years back. Yeah, well. Yeah, that's right. When they took Lane Johnson in the draft. <laughs> Difference maker. Mm-hmm. No, no, we took Lane Johnson before that. We went four and twelve was was Chips last year, and seven and nine was was Doug's first year. <clears throat> we drafted Lane the year before that, but anyway. Well, we just missed uh, another scoring play here. Cam Newton passed the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Another so. passing touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. 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 I just McCafferty. McCafferty. It just sounds. <laughs> We're a fantasy football podcast. It, so, it makes more. It sounds better. McCaffrey. It's a, I know. Just Ma- it I know McCaffrey. Better. Yeah. Who cares if that's not his actual name? McCaffrey. All right. I'll try. McCaffrey. <laughs> but right, um, should we move on to the the main portion of uh, the podcast here? Yes. So we're going to do a uh, a draft mid season draft. Makeshift draft. We know you guys out there are still looking at the waiver wire, trying to find players to add. Help your team out. It's still bye week season. So, we're going to draft a team of a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end. A flex player, not a tight end. Oh, and a flex player, not a tight end. Excuse me. Of players that are currently owned by 50% or less of all ESPN leagues. <coughs> Should be interesting. Um, if these players are selected, you might want to go to your waiver wire and see because you might be in half of the leagues that have them available. <laughs> you also might be in half of the leagues where you're shit out of luck. We don't know, but... And this is, uh, we're going to make this a little interesting, too, because we're going to keep track of who each of us picks, and we will uh, we will track our players throughout the season. So this isn't a for just this week. No, this is a this going is a forward for, in the yeah, season. for the mm. rest of the season. And um, incredibly enough, I have the first pick. Yeah, so what oh, yeah. we did is in our league this year, Jason had the first pick and I had the second pick. So we're going reverse order from there. Um, so... All right, I'll kick us off. You have the honors. Well, thank you. Um, I'm honored to have the first overall pick in the random draft here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe Mr. Roger Goodell and introduce your own pick. Yes. Uh, Owned in 43.6 leagues, first pick that I'm taking is Ito Smith running back Atlanta. And I think that's a pretty easy pick, and I and I have an easy justification why. He has scored a touchdown in four of his last five games. Um, Devontae Freeman's done for the year, or for most of the year. Um, he'll come back probably in time for the NFL playoffs, which is beyond the fantasy playoffs. Um, they projected him week 17 at the earliest. So, assuming Devontae Freeman's done for the rest of the fantasy playoffs... We know Tevin Coleman's the starter, but it does seem like they are giving Edo Smith enough touches that he's making the most of it. Like I said, four touchdowns in his last five games. Uh, last game against Washington, he had 10 rushes for 60 yards and a touchdown and had one catch for four yards. I mean, he's, he's getting touches. 
Um, if you are in need of a running back, especially if you are hurt by buys, you know, Edo Smith's not a bad play right now. I know that because I've picked him up in a decent amount of leagues. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely I was going to say, are option. you picking him because you happen to own him in your league right now? Uh, no, I'm picking him because he's a smart play, and I'm, I'm letting our listeners know. He, he's not bad for the, uh, the under 50% the waiver wires, the draft that we're doing here. He's definitely a good option. Um, he's mm-hmm. he's closer towards a 50-50 split with the other guy, Tevin Coleman, there uh, with Devontae Freeman out. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely understand that pick. Season high, pick. 60 yards last game. It's only going to go up from here. All right, so then I will go second. And with my first-round pick, I am going to go to the top of the board here and go with Taylor Gabriel. Yes. I mm. think that uh, that's, that's a very good offense. Trubisky's starting to click. Uh, he had a little bit of a hiccup last week against a very good defense, um, but still their team annihilated in that game on all sides of the ball. So I think that he is, with Allen Robinson kind of dealing with some injuries, and uh, uh, again, with their offense starting to click a little bit more, I think Gabriel is going to be one of the good options going forward. Uh, I think that he is a wide receiver who has a very good floor, so I think he's going to be getting you at least four catches a game. Uh, he, he will be getting plenty of targets, uh, so he has potential to get you, I'd say, on every week basis, four to ten catches. Um, and he's shown that he can get, I believe, well, over his 100 highest, yards. His highest catch total so far this season is seven. Seven. But, again, with Allen Robinson. And that was his two-touchdown game. Yeah. But he has gotten over 100 yards twice this year. That is correct. Um, so... I think that, again, he's had a few off weeks recently, but I think he's going to, he's recovering from injury himself. So once he starts to feel better, uh, and I think he is starting to feel better, he's played against good defenses past couple weeks. Um, he's got good matchups going forward. So Gabriel is my first pick. Antonio Brown, 60 yard touchdown catch. Oh, oh boy. Uh, too bad you traded him. You could have started both of him and Cam Newton against me. That would be a nice Thursday night start for you. That oh, well. Be. Oh, well. Marlon Mack will make up for it, hopefully. He will! Yeah! <laughs> All right, my first-round pick is... I'm going to go with the number one pick from last year's draft, Mr. Baker Mayfield. Damn, I was thinking about taking him with my first pick. Yeah, I like, especially this week, I like the matchup against Atlanta. Um because last week he had KC, and they have kind of a not-so-great defense, and Atlanta is just its a ghost town over there in that secondary with all the injuries they've had. So I like especially this week. Um, he does have the bye in Week 11, but I think going forward it's its not too bad. I mean, he's got to face Houston is good. Uh, Carolina hasn't been bad. He's got Cincinnati again, and then Baltimore heading off or finishing out the season. But, yeah, I think Baker Mayfield. I, I'll take him as my uh, first-round pick here. Well, there and you then go. actually – we're going in a snake. I think so he's I have clear another first, pick though. here. Are we going in a snake? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. Yes. Come on, Hungy. I should have took a pick number two. <laughs> go ahead, Jason. All right, so with my second pick, I'm going to go to the top of the board in 49.5% of league's owned, Jalen Richard. Damn. Yeah, that's a good uh, guy. That, that was going to be my flex. <laughs> 
a guy that I actually own in, in our league here, and I'm surprised he's not owned in more, I guess because he's had kind of an underwhelming past couple weeks. But, I mean, you look at he's a running back, and he's only had two rushes in his last three games. But where he comes into play is a receiving game where he's had four catches this past week, eight catches the week before, seven catches against Seattle. I mean, he's just a great option out of the backfield there. And especially with Marshawn Lynch going down, he's going to see the field more – or he has been seeing the field more just in general. And with Amari Cooper out of there, he's one of the top passing options in that offense. So yeah, I think he's a pretty clear running back choice there. Yeah. So you said you went with Jalen Richard. All right. Again, I'm writing this down so we can actually track this. Yes, let's do mm-hmm. that. All right, and then with my second pick, I will be going to the running back position, and I will be taking Giovanni Bernard, who is finally back from injury or will be back maybe next week. Um, So he hasn't been owned in a while. Um, Joe Mixon's obviously healthy, so that is somebody who is going to be cutting into Giovanni Bernard's looks. But I believe that if Gio is actually healthy, then he will be on the field for at least 30% of the plays. Um, and they will be getting him the ball when he's on the field because that's just how they run that offense. They always have while it's been him and Joe Mixon. Um, and I, it's tough because Joe Mixon is very good running back and I think he will be getting a good bulk, but that's a system where they do use the backup running back a good amount. So I like Giovanni Bernard going forward on a good offense who's uh, been doing well this year. All right. So I've got two picks in a row. Yes, you that's do. kind of cool. <laughs> see what happens. I'm going to go ahead and take Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay wide receiver. Ooh, I like Reason it. being, and it's a pretty simple one, Fitzmagic is the starter again. For how long? Well, he had <laughs> hey, a touchdown in each of the three first games of the season with Fitzmagic under center. He's got four touchdowns on the season, but three of them came when Fitzmagic was throwing the football. Fitzpatrick likes throwing to him, and with Fitzpatrick under center again, I think he's going to get targets. Um, his target totals dropped off after... Uh, Jameis came back into play, but but now that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick again, I think he's going to be in good shape. I like uh, I like his odds with Fitzpatrick. Uh, as far as my following pick, hmm, mm-hmm. decisions. I decisions. actually forgot that I had Eli Manning still <laughs> available. Yeah, no. I'm just saying he's still there if you want to pick him. Yo, I heard that Nick Foles fellow is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and take my oh, flex position. Flyers won it over time. Really? Yeah, they did. I'm going to go ahead and take my flex position. Mike Davis, running back Seattle. Oh, okay. Um, Chris Carson's been pretty injury prone so far this season. Um, he's been limited. So it's allowed Mike Davis to see different stretches where he really gets, uh, gets some volume. Last and game against the, more, the Chargers, uh, he had 15 carries for 64 yards and caught seven passes out of the backfield. I mean, that's a grand total of 21 touches on the game. Wow. I mean, if you're going to get that kind of production, uh, you're worth a flex start at the, at the, the minimum. He doesn't it's have a very high touchdown off. total. He's only got three touchdowns on the season. 
But if he's getting things like seven catches out of the backfield, I mean, it's seven points in a PPR league. That's I'll always take valuable, it. yeah. I'm just, all, I'm just still baffled about Pete Carroll or whoever makes draft day decisions taking Rashad Penny in the first round, and he's been absolutely non-existent this year. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you got to use him too, you know? <laughs> yeah, like you – I know at a certain point, like, draft capital doesn't matter. Like, you, you hear these stories of undrafted free agents or six-round picks or whatever. They make the team, and then once you make the team and you're on the 53, then, you know, it's fair game, whatever. But, like, a first-round pick is different. Like, if you're a first-round pick, you have to play, and he's just not, and I don't understand it. Yeah. All right. Who's up? I am up. I am going to fill my flex spot now um, between a couple people. I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with Danny Amendola. I think that. Uh, Interesting. Solid. Choice. Yeah, it's it's tough with those Miami receivers. It's kind of a toss up. There might be four to pick from right there. Yeah, I mean, you got Devontae, Parker, Kenny Stills, and um, I don't know, somebody Jakeem else. Grant. Yeah. So you got options, but uh, Danny Amendola has been very consistent uh, the past few weeks since Brock Osweiler has taken over. Uh, he's caught in, in the past four weeks. Uh, he's got eight balls, six, five, and five. So he's getting a good amount of looks. So... I, I do like the consistency there, and uh, again, that's that's been against some pretty good defenses as well. So I like to uh, ride the hand that's been getting plenty of looks. So Amendola, uh, regardless of the quarterback, whether it's Tannehill or Osweiler, I'll, I'll go with Danny Amendola at my flex. Not bad, not bad. Uh, for my third pick here, uh, I'm gonna fill my flex, and this is. A creed or a you know thought process or whatever you want to call it that I've had for a long time of never take any Jets because the Jets offensive skill players are usually terrible but I'm going to take Elijah McGuire uh, running back for the Jets because with Crowell in there you just never know when Crowell's just going to fall apart and Bilal Powell just went to IR so I'm thinking Elijah McGuire might have some opportunities coming up he's only played in this one game he had seven rushes 30 yards three catches 37 yards um, but I'm going to see some more opportunities going forward. Like, I think Buffalo this week is not a terrible option. And then going against New England, Tennessee, Buffalo again. Uh, I don't know. I think it, I just, I'm rolling the dice here with Elijah McGuire. I think he's going to turn out pretty well. Uh, and then to slot into my receiver uh, category, I'm going to go with a guy that a lot of people don't think can keep it going um Tyrell Williams for the Chargers yeah I was thinking yeah. about him because it's a good pick he's at the point he's at the point where like you know I always do this when I look at a guy who kind of breaks out like that and it's like oh is this just like a one game like out of nowhere and then he's going to disappear again or is it going to be sustained and right now he's at four games in a row so or three games in a row sorry of big plays touchdowns Philip Rivers looking his way in the red zone like it's too hard to ignore, so I'm going to go Tyrell Williams here for my receiver. I will say that um, he, in those big, you, you nailed it though, he has the big plays, and uh, I'm not going to pick whoever you pick. 
Uh, trust me, I'm picking a quarterback next. Yeah, I have to pick a quarterback next. You're not picking my quarterback. You're not picking my quarterback. Um, but <laughs> if you pick my quarterback, I'm going to be so mad. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the, he has been getting those big plays every week recently. But it's still three catches max. So you yeah, got boomer bust potential right there. But I, mm-hmm. I was thinking about him as well just because he has been getting those touchdowns. He's been getting past the safety. So. You guys can't see it, but I'm, I'm covering my screen so Nick can't read what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but is that is that your team? Your team's filled yeah, out, Yeah, yeah. So I got. Uh, well, we can go over all the teams once once you guys. Yeah, pick. we'll yeah, do so that. Go ahead. All right. So I am up next. I have a quarterback to fill, and I am going with a sleeper here. I am going with San Francisco 49ers. No, that was my oh. Nick Mullins. Damn it, Nick Mullins. Damn is it, the quarterback that I will be going with. That was my pick. <laughs> God damn it! Don't worry, Hunky. You can go with CJ. I had my eye on him from the start of this draft. So did I. You piece of shit! Um, God damn it! I don't really have too much justification for it. Yes, you do. I had a I had a paragraph lined up the spiel. Um, but yeah, I, I liked what I saw from him week one. Or his first week, I mean. Yeah. So that's pretty much all I have to go based off of that. So. Go ahead, Hunky. Go search for your quarterback. Dude, you know I got a fucking look. <laughs> <sighs> hey, you got Mariota? He was, he was, Nick Mullins is owned by a Here's whopping, the, uh, Nick Mullins is owned by a whopping 9.9% of leagues. Um, and that's up 9.4%. The big reason that I would have picked him, and clearly I did the research because I'm justifying <laughs> Nick's pick here, is look at his opponents he He's has to play. He's got a great play. first name. I love his first name. Look at his opponents he has to play. Giants... Tampa Bay, Seattle, Denver, Seattle again, Chicago, and then the Rams. I will give you the Rams as one defense, uh, or the Bears. I'll give you two good defenses out of the seven remaining games. Nick Mullins just tore Oakland up with three touchdowns, 262 yards. Nick Mullins is going to have a great second half of the year. And now I have to make my pick, and I'm still spewing out Nick Mullins because that's who I am. What he said. I'm going to take Joe Elite Flacco. Uh, <laughs> You're not going with Zach? Solely because Joe's elite. Uh, he told us that a few years back. He specifically <laughs> said, uh, I'm an elite quarterback. Um, and I'm going to take him at his word. You know, he said he's an elite quarterback. Let's see who he's got. He's got Cincy, Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Chargers, Cleveland. He really doesn't have any tough opponents there. Um, that being said, he doesn't really have many wide receivers. But he, okay. he, he also doesn't have any tough opponents there. Um, he put up some solid numbers early on in the season. Um, it's kind of drifted off over the past few weeks. He's only thrown four touchdowns over the last four games, including zero last week in Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, I'm going to take him. Solid. We're going to roll with it. Joe Flacco. He's elite. He's solid, elite. unspectacular. Yeah, we'll see about that. Oh, I'm so mad. <laughs> you wanted him. To. I really did. Well, I'm surprised you were going to go with him. I'll trade you Joe Flacco for Nick Mullins. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hell no. Get out of here with that. I'll give you Joe Flacco and Mike Davis. What about a future second round pick? Here. <laughs> future second round pick. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you give me Antonio Brown, <laughs> you can have Marlon Mack too. Uh, All right, so let's. Anyway. Uh, my team ended up being quarterback Baker Mayfield. Uh, running back Jalen Richard, 
I got wide receiver Tyrell Williams, and then in my flex, another running back, Elijah McGuire. I'm thinking it's it's looking pretty solid. I've got Nick Mullins, obviously, as my quarterback. Uh, I've got wide receiver Taylor Gabriel, uh, running back. I've got Giovanni Bernard, and then Danny Amendola in my flex. I've got Joe Flacco as my quarterback. Chris Godwin is my running back. No. Or wide receiver. You Edo's, can't do that. Edo Smith as my running back, and Mike Davis as the flex. Pretty happy with that. It's all sound I'll, pretty I'll take that. Is this what the year of Hungy was supposed to be for? The year of Hungy 2 was for this draft, right? <laughs> Something like that. Ah, okay. Good season way for wide drafts. <laughs> well, this, hopefully, you know, looking at, at things like this, pulling people up, you know, owned by 50% or less will help you guys out there actually make decisions when it comes to picking people up. You know, it's... Yeah. it's. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger has just limped off the field holding his leg. It's halftime, though, so... I don't know. Everybody's limping off the field right now. So. Not holding their legs. <laughs> Regardless, um, hopefully this actually helps as you're, you know, looking at, at bye weeks and, and coming up with uh, ideas of who to fill them with. You know, here's 16 players that, that could legitimately help you out. Yeah. Now, when it comes to tight ends, if you don't have a tight end in the top half of the league, it's not really going to help you. Yeah, we thought about putting them in the draft, but it's just like, I don't know. The tight when ends that are available are When just it not comes great. to defenses, plug and play. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to kickers, draft them. <laughs> draft them, start them. Week one, make sure you start them week one, especially if it's against <laughs> me and you're, uh, you're going into the... the Monday night matchup down by just a few points. That's a good time to start a kicker. Jason. Sure. <laughs> Funny. Um, no, but defenses and defenses and kickers are, are, are pretty plug and play. Um, the the players that really are hard as far as scouting the waiver wire are are running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you because uh, since you brought up the defenses, uh, just a general fantasy question. I've been seeing this recently with some of the better defenses having their buys. Uh, this week, the Houston Texans and the Minnesota Vikings both have a buy. So what do you do in that kind of situation? I hold on to Houston, and I have Houston in three on. of my five. I do the same thing. I hold on to Houston. I do as well. Um, I, if, it's, if you've got a top three or top five defense that's consistently putting up points, I'm not dropping them. What about um, what about someone like the Vikings though? Because that's like they're they're more if you're more of the mid road. range, I'd consider it if you if you like all the skill players on your bench. I think it also mm-hmm. depends if on if who like let's say you have the Vikings and you're kind of considering like, oh do I drop them, do I not? If you look at after their bye week, if they have teams like the Bills or the Titans or the Jets like lined up a couple times in a row or maybe like the first game after the bye week, then I definitely keep them. Yeah. I think it really depends on the skilled players on your bench. Um, if you've got one of those the top three defenses, I, I don't even think it's a question that you hold on to them and you drop a skill player for another defense. But yeah, that's what I did. I, I did that even in my 12-team league where I have the Vikings defense because I like the Vikings defense. Yeah. They've been doing well for me. Um, so, luckily, the Chargers defense was available against the Oakland Raiders, so I swooped them up for this week. Um, so that was a nice pickup there. Man, the Raiders are a mess. Yeah, that was... <laughs> they are they are quite the shit show right now. And they now. had that nice primetime game, so everybody got to watch them be a mess for an entire 60 minutes. I'll tell you what, man. These guys. I came in here saying that this was going to be our year, man. 
tell you what, they gave me $100 million over 10 years, man. I'll tell you what, I better I'll be doing what. better in 10 years. I'll tell you what. Yeah, they're making dumpster fires look tame. Spider do why, man? <laughs> a lot of spiders, a lot of dudes, a lot of whys, a lot of bananas, man. I don't know, man. I feel like these guys are slipping on the bananas out there. I'll tell you what. <laughs> He's just trying to get as many uh, first-round picks as he can. He's playing the same hinky the process, you know? He's got 10 years to play with. Yeah, he does. He hey, did, I'll tell you what, he is, give him plenty of time. Hey, he's got 10 John years to play Gruden with. is certainly rooting for the Eagles to, to, on Sunday night. Mm. The worse the Cowboys do, the better the Raiders mm-hmm. get. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's make our way over to social media. Take a couple Twitter questions mm-hmm. and then... Well, I got a, if you have I got a little bit of a fire take uh, while you guys are pulling up some Twitter questions here. Oh yeah, we'll do, we'll do Jason's uh, fireball mm-hmm. take fire shot. Sponsored, Sponsored by, fireball. by fireball, yeah. Drink fireball. At uh, fireball, whatever your Twitter handle is, still waiting on my check there. <laughs> um, but here we go. I would imagine it's at fireball, but <laughs> I, I I can't be sure. Oh. All right. So here's <laughs> here is the fire start of the week. Um, it's a guy that a lot of people were really high on in the preseason who just completely fell flat, but I'm seeing a resurgence this week. It's John Ross for the Bengals. Um, reason number one, he's coming off an injury, and he should be fully healthy for this week because he's missed the last four weeks, coming off a bye as well. Number two, playing New Orleans, and they have a very um, – they might have some cardboard cutouts in their secondary over there because they have not done well against opposing receivers. Um, according to ESPN, they're ranked 32nd in the league to opposing receivers, um, giving up huge games to Tampa Bay and Atlanta and L.A., which is kind of understandable. Um, and then reason number three, A.J. Green is out. So it's going to be Tyler Board seeing most of the attention on the opposing defense. And then John Ross maybe sneaking in there, getting a couple catches and making something happen after the catch and making a run and maybe getting a couple of red zone opportunities, some touchdowns. I mean, we'll see. But I think John Ross is looking pretty good this week. As far as all the extenuating circumstances go, I think he's a he's a really good option for this week to try and get aboard the hype train there. Chugga chugga. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, we'll Choo-choo. see. Um, I don't know, man. I think that that's gonna be. We'll we'll see how that offense does without AJ Green. Um, just to keep you updated on the Thursday night football front, um, you know how on Thursday night. Fox is trying to do this weird Times Square fake field thing with Michael Strahan during halftime and before the game. No, I, I kind of saw that a little bit. I haven't watched yeah, halftime. Well, they've shows. got they've got Mark Wahlberg on it now. Oh, so, Marky Mark. Who even That's knows fun. what's happening? <laughs> you know, you could probably fit Mark Wahlberg's entire body in between the gap and Michael Strahan's teeth. Probably. <laughs> it's 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 going to be a close fit, but it, it'll probably work. Also pertaining to the game on uh, ESPN's GameCast, at halftime right now with the Steelers up by 17, they're giving the Steelers a 97.1% chance of winning the game. So that tells you how the Panthers Damn. are going. Well, hopefully Cam Newton can not, turn that around for the Panthers and my fantasy team. Not that, I'm, they're not that far behind. I mean, it's two scores, but damn, all right. Yeah, ESPN has little no to love. no faith in uh, Carolina here. All right, so back to Twitter. Um, again, if you haven't followed us already, at PPR on Twitter at PPR underscore official, uh, go follow us. Send us your tweets, any advice that you need help with, start 'em, sit 'ems. We got gotcha. you. 
Um, we're on Facebook as well. Just look us up in the search bar, Fantasy Process Report. Uh, you can find yes. us on almost any streaming outlet at this point because Anchor, our original streaming platform, has hooked us up. Yeah, they've automatically put us on a whole bunch of other... Uh, we are on Spotify. Yeah. yeah, we're on Spotify now as well. So just look us up on anything. God knows, we could be on any type of platform at this point. Big we're hug. out there. We don't even know. Um, so, yes, let's answer some questions here on Twitter. Yes, please. Um, so, all right, we got uh, Half Point PPR, start one of these guys. Ito Smith, Jalen Richard, Deion Lewis, or Mike Davis? Interesting, because I own two of them in my under 50% fantasy team. <laughs> I own Ito Smith and Mike Davis. So, so obviously, you, you drafted Ito Smith first, right? I did draft Ito Smith first. Because I, I, I like his touchdown total. Mm. Um, four touchdowns over the last five weeks, I mean, speaks for itself. Is that you're taking in this group of four? I take Edo Smith. Um, I think he's, you know, I think he's on a hot streak. I think he keeps going. Yeah, I might go Dion. Dion Lewis against yeah. New England? Yeah, I might go Dion. Against his former team? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I would normally want to go with Jalen Richard, but after that last week's performance out of Oakland, I just can't justify taking any of their offensive players, uh, especially against a good defense like the Chargers. So gonna, Mike Davis against the Rams is a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ito Smith as well. I think that uh, he'll get the 50-50 split with Tevin Coleman, or closer to 50-50 at least. Uh, I think he has a chance to get a touchdown against Cleveland. Spotty defense. They're good some weeks, not as great other weeks. So we'll see. Also, uh, his name is Ido. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is his name. Uh, next question. We got a trade. I'm being offered Tariq Cohen and Rob Gronkowski for Emmanuel Sanders. Should he take that? No. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't don't take, take that. Cohen? No. Yeah. As a guy who just traded for Emmanuel Sanders, I am very quick to say no. Yeah, I think Tariq Cohen kind of lost some value this past week. He, Jordan Howard kind of came back and showed that he was he still the lead guy. Game, didn't he? Yeah, and they just they used him much more. Oh than yeah, they used Cohen. So it's Gronk kinda like, is Gronk is steadily falling off right now. So then it just comes down to Gronk over Emmanuel Sanders, and Gronk I mean, hasn't done shit. No, so. Emmanuel Sanders is is definitely on the up, and and Gronk is on the decline. Um, Case Keenum clearly. Clearly has a thing for Emmanuel Sanders as far as picking his targets. Yeah, and I think that um, yeah, people are worried that Mary Thomas going is going to put a lot of pressure on Emmanuel Sanders. But I think Sutton has done well this year and will continue to do well and draw some of that coverage that Demarius Thomas was uh, drawn his way. So yeah, I think Emmanuel Sanders will still thrive. Um, so yeah, don't take that trade. Hold on to Emmanuel. What do we got next? Um, we got uh, Tevin Coleman or David Johnson. Ooh. Interesting. I'd go David Johnson just because of the volume. Tevin yeah. Coleman, even even without Devontae, the emergence of Ido Smith means that Tevin Coleman still has not gotten a large like lion's share of the opportunities in his offense. And David Johnson, as much as the Cardinals' offense or is just – Trash. I mean, David Johnson is still getting all of the rushes and all of the receiving opportunities out of the backfield, even though it's not as many receiving opportunities as he had two years ago. But yeah, I would Look say they're David playing Johnson this week for too. Sure. 
the Arizona Cardinals are playing against Kansas City. Whoa, so that good. is a defense that has given up lots of fantasy points that to is good, opposing yeah. offenses. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I go David Johnson. Mm-hmm. I see. I'm, I'm stuck on this. Over the last three weeks, and this is half point PPR. Tevin Coleman has over 55 fantasy points over the last three weeks. Um, last week alone, 30 points against Washington. 13 rushes for 88 yards, 5 catches for 68 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Uh, Tevin Coleman, yes, Edo Smith has had 4 touchdowns in the last 5 games, but Tevin Coleman is still number 1. And before Tevin Coleman was getting the passes out of the backfield while Devontae Freeman was getting the ball on the ground... Now Tevin Coleman's doing both. I I like Tevin Coleman. Over uh, David Johnson. Arizona's offense sucks. You're right, they have been. They, Kansas City's come out, not a good a defense, weeks. but Arizona's offense is garbage. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'd consider so Tevin Coleman. So we got a split on that one. All right. Um, next question. Cooper Cup or Tyler Boyd? Cooper Cup. Yeah, I go Cooper. Yeah, I don't even think that's a question. Yeah, it's it, the Rams' offense right now is ridiculous. You take Cooper. Yeah, and they're going against Tyler Seattle. Boyd, Tyler Boyd was succeeding before when he had AJ Green taking a double team on every play almost, and Tyler Boyd could really thrive in that slot role. But now that AJ Green's out and Tyler Boyd will be thrust into that you know number one outside role, I don't know if he'll adjust as well. So yeah, it's it's for sure Cooper Cup. Yeah, People. I think the only argument that Tyler Boyd has is the matchup. They're going against the Saints. Uh, well, people were defense. worried about Cooper Cup being still banged up when he played last week against New Orleans. Oh, yeah. And he still managed five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown. I will say he did get one catch for, like, 70 yards on a touchdown. So he did get a lot of his production from one play. Yeah, um, and then they, you know. But still, well, 17.4 fantasy good points week. and a half points yeah. league. I mean, the same could be said, I mean, I, and I'm actually surprised we haven't brought this up just yet, but what do you guys think of Dalvin Cook's emergence again last week? I mean, he had a good statistical day with 80-something yards, but 70 of it came on one run that looked pretty good, but it was just one run. I mean, do you, if you I wouldn't have be going Dalvin out Cook, trading are for you, him. but are you starting him this week? Are you confident in Dalvin Cook that he can I would start him. keep doing it? I would start him because other than that, um... Like I I'd say the first or second drive. Well, other than the first, that's what I was going to say. Other than the first or second drive, Latavius Murray wasn't used much. He was used all on one drive, and then they used Dalvin Cook the rest of the way. So I think that Cook has got the. Um, he's going to be still getting the looks. He's going to be getting more usage, and the fact that on that big play, he ran at a faster speed than anybody else in the NFL has run. I think it was like 20 point some miles per hour. He I ran faster that, than yeah. anybody else has ran this that's year. That's impressive. And that's coming off of a hamstring injury. So that's definitely uh, that's something that looks good for Dalvin Cook. Um, Alright. We got a quarterback question here. <laughs> they, they make sure to let us know that it's a full point PPR league even though it's a quarterback question. <laughs> Um, but we got Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton, Alex Smith, or Baker Mayfield. Huh. Stafford's going against Chicago, so I don't like that. Dalton's going against New Orleans, so maybe, but he's not with A.J. Green. Alex Smith is going against Tampa Bay, so that's a juicy matchup, but it is yeah. in Tampa. And then Baker Mayfield is going up against Atlanta, so another juicy matchup at home. 
I'd say Alex Smith. I'd take Alex Smith against Tampa Bay. Yeah, Yeah. I'd probably have to go Alex Smith. Yeah, uh, Alex Smith. I don't know. I kind of want to take Baker. I think that that Atlanta-Cleveland game could end up being a very high-scoring game, so I like Baker. I think Baker could get a rushing touchdown. Baker just has more variance. Like, I could I could see a scenario where Baker ends up with 32 points, but I could also see a scenario where he ends up with seven. Whereas Alex Smith against bad defense, yeah, you just you never know with a rookie quarterback. I mean, they might just get something. I mean, this past week, I think Sam Darnold had like four interceptions and he finished with one fantasy point. But Alex Smith, I think, is pretty locked into like a you know 13 at his lowest and maybe like a 22 at his highest. So there's there's not much variance in there. And against a better matchup, I would bet more on the 19 to 22 range of the points. Nick, how about you give us one more big one? A big one? Give us a big one. Um, how about I just come up with one? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm tired of scrolling. Um, how about Leonard Fournette? Is he playing this Or week? Mark Ingram? Leonard Fournette, I believe, is playing this week. I think he's he is. Back. Yes, he practiced he in full yesterday. Back, or is he back back? I think he's back back. Yeah. We'll just we'll just assume he's back. Um, Leonard Fournette or Mark Ingram. See, here's my thing with Mark Ingram. Um, he did not. He's done been doing great. He he since did, that first week that, that he came first back. week that he came back, they had a welcome back Mark Ingram game where they just kept feeding him the ball after Drew Brees broke that passing record. And everyone's following about that Alvin game. Kamara. Following that game, they said, uh, back to what we were doing. Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara. In the red zone, too. On the goal line, too. It, it has not been the Mark Ingram show. Although, to be fair, if you look at the, the games that they played where he had subpar games, I mean, there's Week 7 against Baltimore where he scores 6.2. Baltimore was the number one defense. So that's – you can give him a pass for that one. And then the other game where he had 2.6 points, where he had nine rushes, 33 yards – was against Los Angeles, and they have arguably the most talented defensive line in all of football. So it's hard to get too upset with his performance, but I would definitely take Fournette this week. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'd go Fournette. Uh, I would go Fournette. Jacksonville well. has no offense other than Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and you got to look at Bortles the, the play games. calling too of, of mm-hmm. them being frustrated with Bortles and them thinking, all right, we're just. We're spinning our tires with our offense here. We just got to do something different and switch it up. And Fournette is switching it up. So if he comes yeah. back, they would be feeding him the rock and just letting him do his thing like he did all of last year that led them to a, what was it, 12-win season or whatever, however many wins they got. Right. To anybody who is worried by Hungy's comments, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is starting in the second half, and he is playing. So don't worry about that. Well, they're also going to be listening to this. Yes, like tomorrow. <laughs> but in case they didn't watch the game and think that Big Ben is out. Big Ben's out for the season! <laughs> Hungy is fake news. Uh, nothing is different there. Wait, this just in. Le'Veon Bell's making an appearance at halftime. <laughs> Facts only. He's dressed up. <laughs> there he is. He's on the sideline. It's like a movie. <laughs> Wouldn't that be and he something? ran out of the tunnel in slow motion. But in real yeah. life. All right. All right, well, let's go watch the rest of this game. As uh, our esteemed colleague, Angelo Cataldi, says, it's time to do a wrap!
<laughs> he wraps up the show. That was that was excellent. That's very abrupt. I don't like it. Don't do it again. Well, then they, then they have a, like a credits reel where they start talking about everything they did that show. Whatever. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh! <laughs> you don't. You probably don't like Angelo Cattell, do you? Either. I don't really. Another know news: him, NC State like is up uh, no. against Wake Forest. Twenty-three to thirteen. The name. That's ridiculous. good job, Jason. Good job, Wolfpack. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll see you next week. We'll compare our our fifty percent or less owned fantasy teams next week and see how we're doing against each other. Hungy will be two and eight. <laughs> you heard three and seven. Um, two and eight. Three and seven. And I'm very excited for it. I'm here for it. How many points do you think Pat Mahomes and Todd Gurley are going to combine for against you? Six. Six. <laughs> Six. You might throw want to throw a zero at the end of that. Six. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Total. Anyway. It's going to be funny when they both get injured. <laughs> yeah, you better hope so. <laughs> I don't want to wish... They're nice guys. I don't want to wish injuries on them. Dak. <laughs> he, meanwhile, he can get her. Yeah. Um, Birds, Cowboys. We're going to be in great shape next week. I'm so ready for Sunday night. Speaking of Sunday night, can they bring back the original Sunday night football theme? Did yeah. They... I, I don't like the new song either. Well, it, the new song is better than the old song. It's just different, though. I don't like different. But it's still not the waiting all day for Sunday night song. Yeah. That, that was a timeless classic they had for years and years and years. And then they decided, let's let Carrie Underwood write an original song. Well, I was going to say, they even switched up the person who sang it, and then they kept the same song. Exactly. And And then they said, you know what, let's let Carrie Underwood write an original song. Hmm. I don't have anything against Carrie Underwood. I just have a lot of things against that song. Against tradition. Bring back Waiting All Day for Sunday Night. That got me the most hype. Like Monday Night Football brought back, uh, what's his face? The crazy dude. Yeah. The guy that sings the song. Yeah. But, anyway... Are you ready for some football? We'll go watch some uh, second half Thursday night football. Oh, oh. Touchdown? No. No. Smith Schuster dropped it. Juju's trying to get one. Anyway, we'll let you go do whatever you're doing on this Friday or Saturday or Sunday, whatever day you're listening to this. Three years from now, Tuesday. (laughs) Quite possible. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, go birds. Dallas sucks. Dallas does suck. I agree with that. See you guys. Have a good night.